Why is he fighting, fighting this? Why, what, 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 what is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Welcome back to the Immigrant Section. I'm here today with my boy Conrad Osei. What's going on, brother? Chilling, my man. Just hanging out, you know, being a... Loving life, you know? Doing your thing. Not being horny, regular stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Texting a bunch of chicks at once, you know? Bro, that's the new economy, man. You got to diversify your bonds, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't try to invest in one company anymore. Oh, shit. That's high level right there. I bro, didn't expect you to hit me with that. That's some Wu-Tang shit. That's some knowledge right there, by the way. Bro, I know. You got to teach That's some kids. black thought. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love say I love that though it's the most arrogant thing. Like you know those like uh there's like a community of like uh black people that are just like they really like are empowered yeah. and all of their hashtags are like black excellence, black knowledge, black thought. <laughs> it's like regular stuff. Black knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Black knowledge. And it's just it's just a couple black people posing together. It's just like black thought, black excellence, black, black businesses. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like it's a regular shop, but like it's black business. Hashtag right? black business. I feel yeah. I think like we've come like I, I guess it's a whole argument really. It's just like they're trying to not they like we're trying to find a position. So if you put anything and put black in front of it. Why people feel conscious about it? Like they have to support the business. I guess so. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because yeah. there's a guilt. There's a guilt. There's to a it. guilt. You're right. But as a black person, we know like yeah, bro, we're just, just trying to hustle. It's filler. Yeah, it's exactly. just a filler thing. My brother support. Like I remember, yeah, I was in New York a couple months ago, and I walked by some guys. Like I was wearing a tea coat. He's like, my brother, you styling? You check out my new mixtape. He hands it to me. He goes, you got any money I could uh, like to? I'm like, no, man, but I'll give it a listen for sure. He goes, no, nah, it's not free. And he grabs it out of my hand. I'm like, you, <laughs> nigga, you gave it to me first, bro. I didn't ask for it, bro. Yeah, right? He's bro. like, fuck you, nigga, black thought. And he just <laughs> walked away. I was like, oh, shit. You know the craziest thing? Kind of like a New York story, too. I was in New York, and a homeless guy came up to me. I was dating a, a white person then. And the homeless guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, can I get some money? And I was like, yo, I have no money. Because right? yeah. I was broke, really. I was like, I have no money. And then the guy goes, man, oh, we're both black dudes, bro. Like, I'm asking you because you're a black dude. And the guy still getting mad at me for being a black like guy. That, like you had money like and you were denying him money? Bro, I was like, nigga, I'm broke, too. Yeah. Like, trust me. Being in New York, like, it's a full expense, man. But that's just what happened. So that's it happens all the time, bro. I was uh, coming back from New York. <laughs> Some of these homeless people, their attitude just pisses me off, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they come at you like you're self-righteous. Like, uh, like uh, where was that? We, uh, we stopped on the way back from driving to New York in Cincinnati. I think it was Cincinnati. Yeah. No, it was Buffalo. It yeah, was Buffalo. We stopped Buffalo. in Buffalo. We're just getting something from a restaurant. And this black dude is just biking in this corner, just around and just asking, excuse me, my brother, if you could spare old black dude. You know, he's working that corner. He's just on a bike asking. I've seen four people give him money, right? Yeah, we're yeah. in the restaurant at the corner. I'm watching him. And then yeah. we're parked right there. I go to the car. As we're about to leave, he comes up to the window, biking by. My brother, if you could spare something. And I'm just like still in doing what I'm doing. He goes, I, I know you see me. I know you see me. I see. I, I saw you see me. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? I've seen you get money from four people. Go buy, go get food or water or whatever the hustle is here. Go get crack, man. You have, I know you have enough for crack. Go. You know what I mean? Like, why are you in my face? <laughs> like I'm trying like to I have to give you money because, like, I did every, I did all the pity stuff. Look at me, I'm not doing well. You give me money. You're, you're my brother, and you're ignoring me. Like, man, like, get yeah, the I'm fuck trying, out of I'm my trying face. to get three grams of crack. This can only buy me one gram of crack. Yeah, right. I need more crack. You're like, man. But he's got a real uh, aggressive face. Like he's like wouldn't like yeah. he'd get violent. You know what I mean? <laughs> His face was all fucked up. Like he'd been in turmoil. I was like, oh shit, this guy's fucking. But seen you war. ever you ever think about this though? You ever feel like? I feel like the economy is like in a weird position where like even when you're like what even when you're like homeless and stuff, you still want like some luxuries. You ever think about Explain. that? Explain. So, for example, like a homeless guy asking for, he could ask for money, like, I need food. But then he has money for food, and he wants something else. Yeah. He's like, I want some other pleasure of life. 
Yeah, exactly. Why? Just because I'm on the street, I can't go to an escape room. Yes, yeah. you can't go you to can, an escape room. Because I don't, I don't fix, go, bro. Fix your situation. <laughs> what? I can't, I can't enjoy the Sahara experience because I, I'm homeless. Yes, get fucking fix your shit, bro. We're bro. giving you food, shelter. It's for food, water, or shelter. Is the understanding basics. Like yeah. if, you, if you can't cover the basics, then like you only deserve the basics. What, I can't have like, a luxury. I'm not human. Bro. Fix your shit, bro. Go to Salvation Army. Get in line. Like, get soup. Here's a buck. You know, I give. If I give, if I really get the sense that they're yeah. not cracked out. Yeah. You know, if it's like, if it's clearly like they're a drug addict, then what's the point of giving? Yeah, I guess. It's just like them, expediting their death, you know? But it's hard. But then the withdrawal will the kill them too. At this thing. point, they're just in a fucking corner. I don't know what to do. I'm a pity. Uh, you know, yeah. you give so much. You give so many times where you see that person do the hustle, continue doing it. Yeah. Someone asked you at the beginning, my brother, if you can, uh, excuse me, Sonny, if you could get me a, a Coke or a water when you're in there, please, I'm so thirsty. Okay, awesome, cool. I'm on the way out. I got the Coke for you. Yeah. Excuse me, Sonny, if you can get me a, a sandwich or a Coke in there when you, they're asking the person as I'm That's holding it. it. Thank you for that, brother. <laughs> excuse me if I could, or if you give them and they ask you again in with this like, hollowness behind their eye yeah. like what, is there anything even there anymore i just gave you and you asked me again you ever you ever have a homeless guy ask you for money and then forget and then ask that's what you? i'm saying and oh, i yeah. gave this was again in Second new york time. right near the uh blue note right near the cellar yeah like uh, it was a lady just straight up like two teeth just like jittering like just wants meth <laughs> you know if you I, I didn't give her money i heard i didn't give her money and then i walked by her one minute later because we forgot something and she asked again and I'm like, Yo. you're just seeing bodies and asking, you know? It's like, it's just a numbers game. It's a numbers game for them, man. You think there's racism and homelessness? You think, like, white no, homeless I think people actually, still want to fucking be superior? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think, like, if you... That's a good... Uh, that's I've like a, that's like a that. good uh, social, like, experiment, you know? Yeah. Like, I wonder if, like, you take the same dude, black and white, old beard, whatever. Do people pity the black guy more? Or do they oh, pity the white guy? I think the white guy, man. There's some videos I've seen of like people trying it. We're talking about Toronto. I'm not talking about. I'm yeah. talking about Toronto specifically because, like, in oh. different areas, it's totally different. That yeah. goes without saying. But like in to Toronto, Edmonton. Edmonton, it's probably the white guy first. Is Edmonton a, like uh, racist? Yeah, or? It's a fairly. Yeah, I'm cities on record. It's fairly racist. Yeah? yeah. Have you been to Edmonton? Yeah, man. I lived there for about six months. When? When I first finished university, I didn't uh, I didn't know what the fuck I was gonna do. So I, uh, my dad used to live in Edmonton, so I was like, I'll go live with him, and see if there's opportunities out there. What's popping off in Edmonton? I know it's an amazing bro, comedy nothing. scene. It's a fa- very I lovely comedy scene, man. You One can of, eat yeah. just from being in that scene, apparently. Bro, you could literally if a lot you of drive comics. and you are good at comedy, you, you could easily make a living out there, like for sure. But for no, like also. for like the young twenties, what what were you up to out there? You this man, before comedy? This is no, this is mid mid too. So oh, did, so you were doing mics. comedy? Yeah, you were doing I mics. was like, I slowed down a bit because I was like in this crossroads. Yeah, but I met that. Like I did shows and stuff. I got booked because I knew people. Gotcha. Out there and stuff, I heard so. like people come out to the shows and the shows. There's a lot oh, of paid gigs. Packed, man. Yo, I did a show called uh, it's called Underdog, Underdog or something like that. Yeah, and it's the big indie show and it was packed, bro. Every night, I, it was weekly. Every Thursday, I think. It's packed night, bro. And then after they have like a party upstairs and shit. But they pay yeah. or is it just like? I got paid like decent, regular, <laughs> not not too much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But you can definitely see there was hardly any black people, bro. Oh, it's because it's, it's the indie kind of vibe thing? Yeah. When you fucking hipster, fit into that bro. real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You coming in with your idea of movies and shit like that. I want to I wanna film it like this and this. Yeah, we'll block it like that. Can I get two titties in front of the camera? <laughs> yeah. Art, and the people are snapping, my God. <laughs> Is that black excellence? I think that might be black knowledge. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the only time I want to use the phrase black excellence, bro. In I like Edmonton. I love hashtagging that, just ironically. Bro. Especially when there's like, I'm with white people in the picture. <laughs> Hashtag black excellence. It's like, yep. That's, that's, the, all that's like a due diligence right there. Yeah, right. That's like a. The, I, did Diddy start that shit? Diddy, I think, started the Black, Black Excellence movement. Yeah. yeah. That's so legit. Because he was working with, like, I guess, a bunch of, like, white producers and, like, executives. So everything he did became Black Excellence because it's just, you know, it's Diddy, man. 
that motherfucker robbed Biggie nicely. You think he did that? I feel like someone said that, and I'm just regurgitating it to be completely Do you ever say things and you don't <laughs> actually know them, and it's no, just I... something you recently heard? Now that I like think about it, I don't know of any sort of like, I don't have any sort of like additional proof or additional facts or any points on the topic at all. I just heard that, you know, like, uh, hey, oh, actually, could... what's his name? Paul Thompson was super <laughs> passionate about fuck, fuck Diddy. He just kind of took Biggie for a ride and was like the biggest thief and stuff like that. Man, everyone's hustling, bro. It's a whole industry. Everyone kind of, I think people fail to look at the artists like one of the biggest hustle industries ever. Like being an artist in any form automatically makes you a swindler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, you have to be. Like barking you, for comedy barking shows. Barking for shows, fucking emailing people, being like, yo, I'm a better person to do this spot. You know, like all of that extra shit. Yeah, asking, uh, hyping up a group of five people to come yeah. do your sketch, be in the back of it. Yo, it's going to be sick. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Right, you're just swindling, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly. It feels like it's it. all hype. I wish you didn't have to do it, but like, hey, man, with, with the arts, baby. It's a freer life, though. Yeah, I much prefer. Did you ever do any stint of like very corporate kind of work? Well, I've never done any because you you work. took film, you studied film. Yeah, I did. And film, then you yeah. pretty much been in some capacity of art the whole time. You never went and got like a. You were never in an office even for a bit, huh? Office jobs. Yeah, I've done some office jobs. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did some. I, I like. I was. Did you clash with it. the vibe, or were you just like it was just a job? Bro, and you I zoned out? clashed so hard with the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was, was the job? Opposite. What was the gig? Uh, I used to work for us, like a, it's like a governmental relations. In Ottawa? In Toronto. Well, in Ottawa, I did, I worked at a law firm in Ottawa. Those two sound, a government relations firm and a law firm bro, is I was like, like the worst case scenario of a corporate shit, environment. Bro. Yeah, bro. It was as bad as you can imagine. Like, it's just because they don't see, it's a very straightforward thing. It's kind of like the template has been set out since the beginning of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. We do this, we get paid. There's no creativity. No There's no sure. room. There's not at a, all. Yeah, and it's not even that, like, no one's pushed to be creative. No. There's none of that, like, no. yo, let's figure this, none of that. It's just kind of like, at all. these are your directives. These are your goals. Not even your goals. These are, like, this is what you got to do. These are your tasks. Yeah. Get them done or be reprimanded. I think one one big mistake I kept making to tell you how much I was I didn't know shit about this was uh, at the job whenever I write I write a report or like do a research project or whatever I couldn't go directly to who I knew would be the last person to read it like the main boss is the main guy that like he send it like he approves it but you have to go through you have to go through the gates one, you show yeah. one person and then they see it and then they tell you it's good and they take it to another person yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. see it. I'm just bureaucracy. like, yo, bureaucracy, pretty yeah. much. But, like, literally, I'm in front of, uh, my office was next it's physically, to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was next to his office, bro. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I be just fucking show him? Because yeah. the process, like you said, you got to be following the process. Like, it's been set up, bro. Yeah. Even the military was like that. Like, yeah. the military was the most regimented version of that, you know? Like, yeah. I'd be like, because that was the lowest rank ordinary seaman, right? <laughs> so it goes ordinary seaman, able seaman, leading seaman, master seaman, petty officer, second class, petty officer, first class, chief petty officer. And then it goes, and it's pretty much chief petty officer, first class. Damn. And then it goes to officers pretty much, right? Yeah. But like, it'll be like the, the your little department head would be a leading seaman or like the, the let's say the, let's say it was like a classroom analogy. Yeah. The class yeah. president would be a leading seaman. Okay. The teacher would be a master seaman or a petty officer. Okay. And then, like, the department head would be, like, also a petty officer. So if you have a problem or a grievance or something, the person who approves it is the petty officer, but you got to tell your leading seaman, who then yeah. tells the master seaman. So I sometimes I just go to, like, at the beginning, I would just go to the petty, and they'd be like, did you follow, they'll be, did you follow the chain of command? They'd always yeah. ask you, uh, would you, well... I'm going to take care of this this time, but next time, please follow the chain of command. It's yeah. like, okay, like, all right, fuck. Then? Yeah, exactly, right? Because yeah. it's like the same, they have to build a system that works on a mass scale. Yeah. You know I what think I mean? That's why, yeah. But we're in a unit, in a city. I know you, I see you, I talk to you, I have a problem. But yeah. it's like, we're all cool, but when there's a problem, please, 
if you don't follow the chain of command, then it like undermines those other people's need to have a job. Yeah. The ch- following the ch- the hierarchy just keeps everyone employed. And you know what I mean? That's pretty much it. Man. <laughs> right? Literally. If you that's skip the us, reason. what the fuck are you doing? This is my yeah, job. Like, yeah, to- my job is to make sure you come to me first, exactly. bro. And you're not <laughs> Yo, coming don't to be, me. <laughs> don't be skipping me, bro. I got my review. I need to show that I reviewed ten reports or 15 reports and you know or you know yeah that's what it is man it's like you i need to be justified it's like but it's you know what i think the workplace is based on like you just said it's based on the military style of life all, all bro i realize everything. everything is built off that yeah, if you think bro. about it because that that was the first the organization yes exactly you know? and then they built everything off of that grade school yeah high school steps university uh the whole work like um, the whole work industry, like the whole like employment industry, yeah. is based jump off hoops. of get jump those hoops, get your GED and your degree, and then you you up interview with us, just like yeah. you interview for like the recruitment center. Yeah, you do your aptitude testing, which is like what degree did you get for what role, and then you fall into it, and then you fall into it as an entry level thing, and you've got your manager and you've got your director, and just like petty officer, it's all just all hierarchies. It's the same. The hierarchy system changed, and they just changed the whole like list of positions. You yeah. know, because different. It's a different industry. Yeah, say. exactly. But it's literally the same way, and it's super interesting. My uh, my dad in Edmonton, he used to work as a safety officer, and so for anything they wanted. Was do, that like the? Is that provincial or like federal? Uh, no, that was uh That's just a. I think What's that's a just safety like a, officer. So in the oil fields. It's a, it's a guy that literally just checks to make sure everyone's safe. It's one of the scammiest jobs. Oh, I get it. Bro, I did health and safety for a year. Yeah. I know how, but that's you know, all a scam. It's all a scam. Yeah. All you have to do is just walk around. People yeah. just have to come up to you with random things. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. know that. Because we just need signatures. So in the event it. of a huge calamity or destruction, we have the, yeah. the paper trail of who fucked up. Yeah. We just, the whole purpose of that safety thing is <laughs> so we know up. who to sue or who to fire. <laughs> yeah, bro. We need to have a point of who gets the liability. <laughs> that's very, that's, very that's, day, bro. Bro, that's yeah. that whole safety <laughs> thing is just like recording all the liable parties. Yeah. So what was it? What did you used to say, or what were you gonna say about? Okay, oh, I no, cut you off about that. No, shit. it's kind. Of, I just related to the military thing. It felt it felt like that, you know. When he explains it, that's what I see. It's like it's a guy that is just in the middle of all this. His role, it's really nothing. Yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah. you did the same thing too. It's like the role is so insignificant, but very important because it's such a it's the middle ground where people. It's like an anchor kind of thing. You know, like an anchor in terms of like people come to it. And yeah, 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 yeah. You, th- th- it's a node in the network. Yeah, you know, that's the way. Yeah, that's the, that's a computer word for that. <laughs> that's some knowledge. That's, that's some, some black knowledge, knowledge for you. <laughs> Hashtag black excellence, <laughs> bro. I worked in a a tobacco. You know, Rothmans, Benson and Hedges, yeah. Philip Morrison. They make Benson and Hedges the cigarettes, best, the, the tobacco. Best, I yeah, I work for them. Health and safety. Okay. All their workers in the plant, I would give them ladder safety training. Yeah, and fucking like fall training and all this shit and all of them are like some of them are 20, 30 years 50, 60 year old guys huge forearms I'm yeah. new engineering grad black <laughs> kid just being like this is how you use a ladder showing them a powerpoint just fucking pissing these guys <laughs> off right and mandatory attendance right Yeah. And the, what the whole thing was about was getting everyone's signature that the whole thing was to get their signature that they attended this thing Yeah. because we're doing ISO training so to be an yeah. ISO certified plant, they ISO. all have to have this training. And what it comes down to is if you fall off a fucking ladder yeah. and you come back to do workers' comp or shit, then our company, like, all of health and safety is to just prepare the company for a hypothetical legal battle. Yeah. So when they slip and fall, they can be like, well, they attended ladder. They signed off on the ladder safety training here. Yeah. And based on the records of the accident, they followed the exact thing that slide seven said not to do. Like, yeah. And, you know, and now they get $17,000 as opposed to $120,000. Because they've the math, bro. Because, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's all it is about. Just to, like, l- make sure the liability is as much on the person as possible to protect for the, po- the possible incident yeah. happening. That possible hypothetical court case. Which That's is, all it is. Which is super interesting because, like, when you see that happening, you realize if everyone, this, this is my perfect anarchy situation. If everybody's like, yo, fuck the training, we're not doing training. If everyone does that, it would change the way society is set up so fast, bro. Absolutely. It's yeah. one of the, yeah. But you see, you when know, people, people fight to get unionized, some people fight to not get unionized. Like, these are the small, 
small things just holding society together, you know? The union is like, I'm in the actor's union right now, and it's yeah. like... What do you think like about a, that? That's, bro, a, that's I, a very When I had a problem, when I had a problem, yeah. actor, the actor union is like run by these a bunch of women. I went to Actra. It's on Church Street here in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, it's like the office is all these women. The most efficient and competent office I have ever worked with. I'm all pissed off that I'm paying all these fucking actor fees, this yeah. and that. But I swear to God, when I went in there, bro, these they were so highly. It was I was shocked. I walked yeah. in. They're like, "Oh, you need to go see Samantha upstairs." I go see Samantha. She's like, "Oh, let's see the problem." Click, click, click. Okay, that's fixed. That's fixed. Okay, awesome. Go see Rebecca that, and she'll have that check for you right now. And it's just like, and she, I come and it's like yeah. ready. There was no bullshit. Everyone knew their job perfectly, and I was like, "Oh fuck, maybe." <laughs> Maybe this union is legit, you know? Like, if you have a grievance, yeah. oh, I'm like, whoa, now I see the power of the union. But they're so mafia with the way they force you into it. But also, I think that thing, to play, not to play Devin Devil's Advocate, just what I think the situation is, I think there's not enough activities to keep them busy. Oh, so they're so just the smallest happy. things. They're like, oh, they go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, but you would think in yeah. that, but, you know, in that same, like, thinking, people milk things when there's mm-hmm. not much to do when, yeah, so, yeah. when something comes in they kind of milk it yeah they can absolutely in the states they would absolutely go that direction yeah you know dude when i, I was in the that. navy there was <laughs> there was the main clerk was this uh lady named uh Ren- <laughs> master seaman renault or actually leading <laughs> seaman right she was like the 20 year like clerk she ran the admin office pretty much yeah but like it was such bullshit with like the way things would get done because it's like her mood greatly affected the expediency and like of what was being done. It was like, oh, she's not in the mood today. And yeah. like you would go talk to her. She'd be like, I'm working on something and just like give you so much attitude because you're not cool with her yet. Yeah. But the other people that like serious requests yeah. for thousands of dollars that are owed to you. Yeah. Are gated by her day, that emotion. She's the type who who has all over her like cubicle saying like if I haven't had my coffee don't talk to me like <laughs> that kind of shit in the military bro <laughs> you know it's like the most just like the only old place where you don't corporate need, yeah. fucking like bullshit Sheila the secretary like I'm like what the fuck is this how does it, how do things operate like this it's hard man I think that, yeah I guess I guess for the most part if you know in the if the organization is like something like the military there's like a huge there's a huge um, freedom, especially with the government. There's too. maximum job security. Maximum job security. Like if you job haven't worked for the federal government, it's that's the same thing. That is thing. Yeah. what the military is. You're working they for the federal government, the they Department of National out. Defense. Yeah. Yeah, bro. They hang out until there's something important. Exactly. Like you just said. Like I, yeah. I know because you work for what the fuck? The federal, what was it? Uh, the, the internal the, roof. The government of, um, it's the small. What yeah. was it again? Governmental relations. Oh my God, that sounds like the most nothing job. <laughs> Bro, it You're is. Just printing out forms nothing. and printing taking out them. forms, <laughs> calling people, being like, "We're going to Parliament. We're going to Ottawa today, I guess." That's pretty much what it is. Everyone leaves at four on the dot. Yep. Or they five the on office, bro. the dot. No that's, overtime, bro. Yeah, yeah. That's no the overtime. those military st- or military same too. Like the dot. That's why I'm saying military is just like school yeah. or. or, or these old school corporate corporations are just like school. The minute that recess bell goes off, that's lunch. It's lunch at twelve. We're done at one. You're late. Where were you? Yeah. Five or four. You're done. You drop your shit. Like we'll handle it tomorrow. Like you know what I mean. Like yeah. when that teacher is trying to like say like, and then remember to do the thing, and then the the bell goes ding 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 ding. And like no, don't forget that. And everyone's already dipping. Yeah. That's literally just how it all is. That same model is carried forward, and it's built well, together like, the bro. whole. Um, the whole job structure is yeah. built off of that old military structure. It's society is built on that. The old much. military structure, yeah. pretty much. Because if you think Cause about militaries it, militaries are the oldest form are the oldest? of mass exactly. human. The first unionized uh, cooperation. The first unionized organizations were like the Roman army, because it was like they wanted those like. Oh shit! This is some real black knowledge. No, it's right some now, black knowledge. I'm re- there's no black people it's a there, black but like thought you know? for everybody at home. <laughs> <laughs> but nah man That's how it started Cause the issue was like They were fighting all those wars They were getting no benefits from it So things like Their wives and families Were at home 
poor, going hungry, going hungry. They're like, well, like if we're going to fight for the for the king, they got to uh, be taken care of. You, yeah. The family's got to be taken care of. And that's where it began. And then they built the logistics department to yep. make sure everyone's getting bullets and bread. People to handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Check out when the World War happened, or when the U.S. sent all their military, all the wives and stuff. They had the whole campaign. Like these are things that like you can see the roots of it. And now every day we think it's just like a normal thing. The art is the only department in life that's literally the whole goal is let's diverse from that. So you see people fucking up it. a lot, but there's such creative world, freedom, yeah. man. Yeah. But that's why like <laughs> like in corporations like like in arts more than anything else, people are just like dying of drug overdoses yeah. and like in the workplace it's almost. So like, free, bro. like no one is in an office ODing. Like it's like it's such a structured life. Nah, bro. You know, so all those weird, like extreme examples of like Yeah. Degeneracy only <laughs> happen in the world of arts. It's cause art's so free, man. The freedom in itself is a curse and a blessing, but like what can we do? I love it. I come from super, super structured background. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like military, engineering school, yeah, corporate life, and then like just the open ether and ocean that is the art world where yeah. nothing, no one is knocking on your door. There's no like, no one calling you if you're like, you know, if you're not there at nine, at 10, people are blowing up your phone. Like, where yeah. the fuck are you kind of thing? That's no longer a thing, right? Yeah. You just you become irrelevant if you don't push yourself. And this actually, this kind of life is not meant, is if you don't have the drive to police your own time management and all that oh, kind of shit, you're fucked. Fast, you, yeah, bro. Very fast. You just go into the world of absorbing everything on Netflix, but you're not doing anything yeah. in the day. You're sleeping. Whereas someone would be doing a nine to five, you're not. You're not, you're not doing anything. That's why they say treat it like a nine to five and you get the best out Do of it. Do they say treat it like a nine to five? Well, I've yeah. I've heard, well, I don't know, like, People that I don't know, people that like I talk to that advise me and shit, they're like, if you really want to do any art thing, treat it like a nine to five. If you want to write, if you want to be a comic, wake up at 9 a.m. and write jokes. Like, the goal of being a comic, for example, is not to sleep in. Yeah, but I don't you think know? that that's a very like antiquated model. Treat it like a 95. I like that idea, but yeah. I put way more hours into that 40 hour work week now. Now that yeah. I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. I'm, well, we're doing the all the web series stuff. You're yeah. creating content on a fucking weekly basis, pretty much, well, and all night. Yeah. We're hitting spots and doing mics and whatnot. It's way more than nine to five. No, but, but you have yeah. the luxury of waking up at twelve. It may be twelve to twelve. You know. Well, that's the that's the only thing. You you have that luxury, you know, where like there's not a whole organization that's waiting for you to even like show not up yet. to open the door. Not or yet, whatever. but eventually when we sell tickets, yep. you can't just like not show up to the venue when it's yeah. sold out and the venue is like it's it's gonna go once you're successful, it goes right back to that. Yeah. Because not the money. The bro. stakes are shared. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this place is full. Where the fuck are you? Just like yo, yeah. there's a meeting here. The client is here. Where the fuck are you? Like yep. It goes right back to that. That's why I feel like we're really in the best of it right now. I think this is the best time, really, especially with what we have and our resources and all that. Like, we're able to do a podcast right now in the comfort of your home. Like, total freedom. Total freedom. Total we can freedom. create what we want. And, like, you're doing it. Like, think of the 70s or 80s, like, back in the day before this, this technology was accessible. You have to be in a studio, bro. Yeah. And for and that then, studio time. For that studio time, that the company, the network company or yeah. the media company that paid for that studio time is going to oversee you, every fucking minute of the what's spoken yeah. and if you swear and if you this it's not going to air Yeah. so you got to play by the ball in order to air and when you play by the ball you just become like this like sanded down version of yourself like yeah. well <laughs> yeah I mean it's KB by 5 and uh, we've got a lot of traffic on the 103 and we got Steven in later well, boing boing you know what I mean like you know, I will be killing myself today <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. those guys probably hang themselves in higher numbers than dentists or anything you know cause they're like man I hate this Whoa, so I yeah. this yeah. fucking voice. you know what's crazy one of my uh not the like best guy, I guess good. one of my favorite filmmakers I just uh, one of the guys I've seen him for a while but I didn't really take how important his work is is this guy called john castavetes john castavetes is like this new york guy he's in like one of the his most popular movies anyone would probably know is this movie called rosemary's baby i don't know if you've I haven't heard seen of that it. it's a very classic uh, sounds indie it's very indie but rosemary's baby the, the movie get out the guy that jordan peele black excellence the guy that wrote Hashtag get black out excellence. yeah he, I thought Jordan Peele wrote that. Oh, did you say Jordan Peele? Jordan okay, Peele, yeah. yeah. But he got influenced off that movie, so it tells you how oh, okay, important cool, cool. the movie is, okay, just okay. to give it Got that it. brevity, right? 
But one of his style of filmmaking was he used to make films as an actor. He used to go out, audition, do all that stuff. He became a big actor in the 60s, mid-60s-ish. Yeah, the 60s, I would say. And by the 70s, he decided to start making his own films, right? Because he was like, man, there's a lot of things he didn't like about the way it was being made, which is what we just talked about. Like you, the whole... There's a bunch You're of just falling into the already built system. Yeah, and nothing will change for you. You just gotta accept it and smile and be smile to be a part be of happy. it. And yeah. it's money, but yeah. like at one point you start feeling like, oh, maybe this isn't the direction. So what he started doing was he started making his own films, and that was the, that was I think that was the beginning period of credits, credit lines, and like credit cards and all that shit. Okay, okay. Like the seven, early seventies. And so what he did was this to get credit to get like a, put it all on to credit. finance a movie to finance their movies, bro. And they'll make these movies that are like I call my favorite movies. Like I can't even name names, but like there's like one of my favorite movies ever is this movie called The Woman Under the Influence. A woman or the woman? A woman. Under a woman the under the yeah. influence. It's him and his wife. His wife is also an actress, like a big actress, Jenna Rollins. So. What they did was he is the director and like right he write this film and, and, she, get and he his, just gets her drunk. Yeah, <laughs> just shoots bro, her close up. Bro, if you watch this movie, more. Bro, <laughs> if you watch this movies, you know why it's and he'll get like his friends that are like huge actors. So there's another guy that was on this big show called Colombo. It's a very big show in the in back in the day. He got the guy, it's one of his good friends, and then he stars in it. And the way they made their films was like they literally tried to make it for zero dollars, but they had back up money just in case shit went wrong or like to buy film and all that stuff you know yeah and when they the films were being made zero dollars they had they really it was just the art so they made it and people started recognizing it so i think for a few years people didn't even notice the films until years after so like early 2000s people started recognizing how important those films were for like even independent filmmaking so literally wow, that many years i thought you were gonna say like in the early 80s to bro three it decades wow bro it took a while like fuck was he dead he's dead he that's died, like, he died. <laughs> that's, bro, a, he that's died. a nightmare bro why are you telling me this i don't want to what the fuck? <laughs> i don't want to learn anything from this bro no bro they appreciated his art after he died and that's what you got no that's the lesson in all of this but no the lesson in it is like if those guys didn't make those moves we everyone would have still stayed stuck to this system of filmmaking so you're saying he kicked off indie movie stuff so once he started making that did he inspire other people to make it he inspired a whole generation man of like people that are like i have a camera i'll make a film and let's see what comes from it so he was the first guy to be like yo let's just get a camera and do it no he's not the first guy no no no, no, no. a lot of people did it but he was the first guy like yo we don't need a studio we don't need we don't need a studio system i like movies let's get a figure out how to get a camera and just shoot some the stuff shoot. and it's not but with it's not backed by nbc or fox or any of nope. these people like when it's done if it's a good film people would want it and then we can converse about that yeah after. right it's how of comics first. now it's like i'll film my special yep and then Sell i'll it. show people to it which is know? the model they're copying now but those guys those are the three ogs you know and they made art feel like it's something you can actually like enjoy doing because you're going out and you're making what you want to do and you don't care about the repercussions for the most part. And it's a huge risk because imagine having a family and doing that. Yeah. That's fucking <laughs> yeah, scary, right? bro. Well, you put, you put the food on the credit card too, right? Yeah, no, same credit everything card. on credit. Yeah, everything's on that credit. Is that, yeah. Who's your favorite uh, filmmaker? My favorite? I mean, do you have one or do it's you? Hard. It's hard to point out, man. I, I got a few guys I like watching. Yeah. Who's a, a filmmaker that's living right now Who's who's got your favorite story? Like not like he Ooh. created it. He created not he or she created the best story, but their story of how they got into film and 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 how they got into like yeah. their f- notoriety in filmmaking. Ooh. Like you know what I mean? Like you know like a Jean Michel Basquet living on the streets, Andy War. Like that. Is there yeah. any like that have um, that come up story? Man, that's so like many. Like they were blind and fucking like. <laughs> that's so many, but you know what sucks? I I can't even name any. And this is a very interesting thing I've realized too. It's hard to name like uh, I can't name any black filmmakers that. It doesn't have to be black. No, but the reason I'm saying this is like it's cause the way it's been set up. Most of my favorite black filmmakers are guys that like have been assassinated. <laughs> no, black <laughs> knowledge. Keep going. Black knowledge, right yeah. there. Black knowledge. No, no, it's like the idea of um. I think they got this big break that like was kind of like systematic. Like it's more syst- systemic. 
As in, you like, know, affirmative like action? Affirmative action. Yeah, like, oh, like, oh, give him a shot. Give him a shot. Kind give of Negro thing. Wilson some money to yeah, shoot a we, Negro we film. Need, we need a Negro film. <laughs> yeah, right. That, 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 Negro's Negro. Yeah. The best person I can think of is Ryan Coogler, Black Panther, the Black Panther film. And that guy's story, he started off as a very, well, I wouldn't, I don't want to bite at it, but like, he was this young guy that he had a regular job. He was working this like security shit, hustling heavy. And then towards the end, kind of like he got this big break of like some white family. I was like, we'll send you to the Sundance Institute to go learn. Like it's a whole program. It's a one year intensive program where at the end of it, you make a feature. Gotcha. And that's usually how m- most white filmmakers begin. So he's one of the few black people that got the opportunity. They go and to the Sundance the Institution. Yeah, Sundance Institute. It's still like, operating? Still. It's one of the, yeah. It's like the Harvard of, of film? It's up there. It's up there. It's an Ivy League film school, for sure. What's it's the, not what's, even a film school. What's the bee's say. knees? What's the top? The Juilliard? Juilliard, I would say Sundance, the New York University, like uh, Tisch School of Arts Film School. It's a bunch of It's called Tisch? Tisch School of Arts. I've heard of Tisch. That's what yeah. it is, huh? It's, it's another big one. You got um, the American Film Institute. Oh, that sounds legit. AMI? Yeah. A- a- AF, AFI. Oh, wait, AFI. AFI. <laughs> I was thinking about <laughs> Emma's hard. Oh, shit. But no, no, no. So he went to that. They they pretty he much, did. they're like these, what they're like the rich, what are they called? Beneficiaries or like yeah. the elite people? They're like, let's, oh, let's pave a- the road for Negroes. Let's say we need we have, one Negro film. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We should. Like the Green Book. I just watched the Green Book. Yeah, you, when you watch that shit's fucking scary to watch now, man. Yeah, I he killed that part. He killed it, but then when I think of the backstory of yeah, it, I'm like, man, oh, fuck, no. that'd be fucking, that'd be a nightmare, yeah, bro. bro. So yeah. he did it, and then he's been making, a, how many films did he make before his, Black Panther? Black Panther, he made two films for Black Panther, but that Black Panther wasn't the big one. The big, his big break was sort of like Fruitvale Station, which is about the guy that got shot at the, what's the kid's name? Fuck. Trayvon um, Not Trayvon Martin, but the one before that, there's another guy. <laughs> I forget, bro. Uh, there's so many. There's been so many black uh, knowledge, black thought. <laughs> little black in, little black tidbit for you. Uh, but no, he made his film and no, but I, I divert, I divert on that just to tell you like the, well, one of my favorite, okay, one of the people I kind of like, like his story of how he got into film is actually a, a dude named Richard Linklater. He's like a big filmmaker. You've probably seen a bunch of his shit. He did uh, the movie with uh, Dazed and Confused. Okay. Yeah, he's Dazed and Confused. So he has a bunch of, his, his film lineup's huge. But his story is like same thing. It's kind of like he was working this regular life and then just like, man. Loved movies. Film. Yeah. So he just started making films. So he didn't go to this institute. He just started. He didn't go. Just he just started from making bottom. from Texas. He lived in Texas. Just started making films until just got better at it. Got more money from the 80s. Did the big films in the 90s. Days and Confused was one of them. But if you watch his films, you can see his progression too. And he got very experimental with it too. Like he did this film where he shot for 12 years straight. Every summer they meet up and shoot this story of this child. It's called Boyhood. I don't know if you've heard of Boyhood. No. So it's a very interesting. So this this is how he approached it. That sounds wildly experimental. Very experimental. (laughs) So they watched the boy Did it end with Finn? Finn. Finn, little Finn, like French and shit. Yeah, Finn, like it's always like I uh, in italics, yeah. lowercase f. Finn, bro, you know what's crazy though? Films like that, French people like it. That's why I say Finn. I just keep laughing because it definitely <laughs> ended that. with a Finn. I just, and if yeah. French people like your film, yeah. bro, you're good. That's, French people set the precedent for good movies. They set the precedent for every movie that's supposed to be good. Really? Yeah. Why is that? The fuck? It's because they just they t- love the art, man. They love the. They're like, the- oh, I surrender to this movie. <laughs> yeah, it had oh, some. It's got a white flag oh, in the bro. theater. Oh, I surrender. <laughs> if we had a problematic button, this is we just went yeah. off on that, bro. I love the Cause movie. Because Cannes, you told me Cannes is like Cannes the is biggest the festival. Yeah. And it's in France. In France. Every, That's where the every big year. movies like premiere. Yeah. If your movie premieres at France and it does good, you most likely will. So bank. the. So pretty much, it seems like the movie industry now, for the most part, they're low risk. So they're always funding sequels and like they're yeah. going for existing storylines, Star Wars, Avengers. Yeah. It's always a two, three, four, like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fast nine. What a, like, you know, like. They can't stop now. 
it's just too risky to start a new thing. Like yeah. no one wants to go see. But it yeah. seems like the new things are scouted from cans. Yeah. Because that's where original, the idea is, the way they look at it is, uh, the box office is like, box office is what we know. Box is good to Cineplex, whatever you watch at Cineplex is box office. Gotcha. But there's always slots for like new ideas, new films. So for example, you have a movie like, um, I don't know, just, like Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is a huge, like perfect example of that, right? So these are two New York guys, they made, they're making films. The what are they, what's their making. name again, those guys? Safety Brothers. The Safety Brothers. Yeah. So, two Jewish kids they start making films in New York the way like we're doing shit now just like we want to make a film and let's make it and see what happens and they stayed with that and for years nothing really came from it three like 12 years nothing came from it and then they made and then they died <laughs> and then everyone <laughs> but they're lucky, of, they're lucky enough to be like young guys so like just 30 early 30s oh, okay. just kind of just hit 30 right so they are a box of I'm pretty sure if they did Uncle Gems without the backing of this whole big institution behind them. A24? A24, you have A24, you have, these are like the new powerhouses that like, they're going for art films. Films that are like very independent, original stories, their own thing. Yeah. This is what yeah, they want. Yeah. Right? So if they didn't get that Hereditary, backing, Midsummer, hereditary, all that like, shit. All the good movies we know now. Yeah. Like Fast Four won't get into this. No. Yeah. Fast Fours are made That's, by studios. Yeah, the studio already has the contract on that anyway. It's so been set, they're bro. just exploiting it. You know how much they spent on what movie was it? They spent how much money on the marketing alone, which is marketing. Bro, I've I heard marketing is fifty percent of the movie budget. Now it's changed. It used to be making a film is fifty percent. No, making a film is a hundred percent. Now apparently, bro, and I get it, man. I was in LA a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh the <laughs> man, the billboard sizes in in LA are way bigger than here. Like bro. The, the billboards are physically larger in LA, you know? Yeah, right. And you just realize Man, that bill they paid for those line of billboards all over not just the nation but America, uh, Canada too. Yeah. All over. All over, bro. And it's like bus stops. It's it's so 100 million dollar budget they're using 50 million dollars. At least 50 million, bro. There's a movie called uh there's a, there's a movie called John Carter. It's one of the biggest flops in movie history. <laughs> they spent almost 300 million on it. The movie was really bad. Like a small changes too that made it bad, which sucks. Because one of those, like one of the things was supposed to be called John Carter of Mars. That's the original name of the film. And they changed it to John Carter. John Carter. Everyone's like, "What the fuck is this?" Because yeah. there's like, there's no context. There's, yeah. That alone probably took it down. That's what I'm pretty sure. That's what ruined the whole thing. But the marketing on that was almost 200 million. Jesus. Out fuck. of the 300. What was the million. box office? Horrible! It just failed. It got less. I think it made about a hundred million. I wonder what happens. There's a two hundred million dollar loss, bro. Who, do people get fired? Like Everybody, that's a risk. Obviously, it's a yeah. risk. I like to go down Wikipedia and click on the, who made the film, and then I watch what they've done after. I'm like, yeah, like I go fuck. Yeah, you know? there's been nothing at all. Nothing. The road ended after that. That was just third. after I did like a PA job and stuff. You go like you're a PA on a shitty indie movie. Yeah. I was just listening to TJ Miller on a podcast, and he was saying that the rule in like Hollywood is three strikes and you're out. Yeah, three bad movies as an actor or, or a director. Yeah. And you're like this. The system it just won't give you a, an uh, like another chance. Yeah. Like you got to go fund your own shit and like some backyard shit. Try to work your way up. Yeah. But if you get three studio attempts, that's what apparently happened to Dane Cook. He just made three. Remember the the employee of the month, and he had like two yeah. or three that came out in a row in one or two years, and then he was in no movies. Yeah. Because they were all just bad movies, and he just blacklisted himself pretty yeah. much. They test them like that, man. I guess the thing with Hollywood depends if you want to go down that route. And that's what makes it so hard. People go crazy and shit because you're under that pressure, man, to make something that people would like three times in a row. Yeah, you know, like, that's fucking, that's a, that's a lot, man. It's a lot, man. And the way perception is changing now, we're no one thinking the same way as like, because now it's like, yo, bro, if I'm not watching your movie, I could go watch 10 million other movies that came out the same day. Or, yeah, or full Netflix originals, full bro, shows. Full shows, I could watch a Netflix show that's well made. It comp it's got eight episodes, I'm on my couch. I'm on my couch, bro. I already paid. ripped out of my face. Yeah. I already paid for the month. Yeah, 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 yeah. What am I going to the yeah, movies for? It's hard, now? man. So people go through that and it's So sucks. what do they go for? They go for Avengers 4. They, they go know. for Fast 9 because they know that it's not 
on yeah. there. They'd have to wait a year or six months or whatever it is for it yeah, to man. possibly come on. People would be like, I'm going to go watch you just to make sure it's not bad. And then you're like, what? But there's a new format that I saw with Uncut Gems. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll air in like certain theaters, a limited run. Yep. And then it'll drop on Netflix within a week. Yeah. So it's like they exploit all the hardcore moviegoers. Yeah. They get their ticket money. Yeah. And then they don't take on a huge overhead by going to 3,000 theaters or some yeah. shit like that. They yeah. do what, like a small run, whatever it small is, run, in yeah. the big markets where they can sell out all the shows for the week run or whatever yeah. by people who are obsessed with movies. And then a week later, it drops, out, it drops on Netflix. Yeah. It pretty much happened with, uh, well, with, the Irishman it opened up in probably three thousand yeah, theaters. That's a that's a big movie. That they went full tentpole, like full across the board yeah. screening. And then they put it on Netflix just to double up on it pretty much. And you know what's interesting about that? The idea of like having is the is the new model now. You're trying to incorporate not just the film but also like not to alienate all those home viewers. Yeah. So for example, Encore Gems, when you mentioned this, like they put it out it came out December twenty fifth. The, uh, the theater release you can see that TIFF Cineplex maybe I don't think no no not Cineplex actually it was but at like, TIFF yeah yeah like it special was only at TIFF limited, limited theaters right and then on January 31st they put it on Netflix but then they re-released it in a couple of more theaters but with extra content so yeah, they have this so whole, that's like, how they do it that's the they new film one. extra scenes film there's a whole document uh, not document but like a conversation with Adam Sandler and the guys that made the film and like they had, they had a whole thing it's like a half hour movie essentially and then they add that as an add-on to keep promoting the movie so when you think the promotion has ended it's up again. Like they have waves. Like this they is have they have, waves, a, they have a six to like eight month plan for how they roll this thing. Like out. how an artist would think, and that's the new model. A twenty four is leading that, and all the. So we're gonna film example. two and a half hours of content. We're gonna drop it in a, a select few two hour movie, the yeah. two hour cut. Yeah. And then in a month it'll come out on Netflix that same two hour cut. Yeah. And then in a month or two after that, after the hype has fallen off, and now it's like okay, now we can. Uncut full length or additional now director's airing in cut. select theater director's cut or whatever, yeah. so they just get they get they get the double dip. It's smaller chunks they're yeah. going for, but they get to go back in multiple times. Yep, the movie Parasite, for example, that they, they're re-releasing it as a black and white film. I'm like, the same cut, same cut. Nothing. That's extra. fucking ridiculous. People will still go because it's like it's the arts, you know. Like the way they see it, it's a different way. You know? There's no way they're gonna release it to like three thousand theaters and, no, and it'll like be smaller. The, it'll, it'll be, be smaller. like just the artistic fucking Art theaters, right? Yeah, like Tiff will definitely show. Which if I went to go back and see a movie that I like, I already know about, and I'm watching the extended version of it, I would hope. And well, what's your thoughts on this as a movie maker? You would hope that first scene is different. I don't want to wait yeah. halfway through and there's two scenes different in the middle. I yeah. want the beginning to be different and the ending to be different at uh, the very least. Yeah. I, the ending has to be different. Well, I would rewatch a movie. That's just me personally. So I wouldn't mind if it's a good movie and I'm rewatching. But I understand what you're saying in terms of like, I, I want to want something top, be new. like, oh, yeah. sick. Bro, I want something brand new. Yeah. I want to be fucked. Like, I want to walk in and be like, oh, shit. I thought I was coming to see this movie. Like, remember in Parasite, the very first scene, they're looking for the Wi Fi connection. Yeah. If I went to go see and it's just black and white and he's looking for the Wi Fi I'm like, why did I come here? Black what and white, baby. I remember this movie fully. This is sick. <laughs> but like, I could yeah. actually see that movie being very good in black and it's white. It's very, it looks very good. You know, yeah. just that whole flooding scene. I feel like that was meant. Yeah, that man. almost seems like a old age thing, not a, a new age. Yeah, current times thing. The way it's made, it's like it's made from an old film eye. If you watch it and watch like old Japanese movies, like not the f regular fighting movie, like this, there's this movie called Seven Samurais. Yeah, what's the name Classic. of that director? That's like one of the Ozu. original, like Ozu. Ozu. Yeah, that's like the he's like a known, yeah, big time. Jap no, he's the original who set up that style yeah. or something. That style, yeah. The camera movements are there. The blocking is there. Like there's multiple things happening. It's it's so. What nice. do they teach you in film school, by the way? Is it worth it? Because I've heard someone say it's not really worth it. Uh, well, I didn't go to film school per se. I just took film theory. That so, seems even less useful, to be honest. It's, no, to be <laughs> honest, it's theory. very useless. The but teacher I, just comes in front of the class, there's a long silence, and he goes, 
why <laughs> right <laughs> bro, everyone just starts writing <laughs> bro, bro that's pretty much it yeah not even gonna lie it's bullshit. about the whys bro. yeah right but why did they light it like that and he's holding the patches on his elbows because they always have a patch and if the circle frame film, glasses yeah you know if you're teaching film you better have fucking patches on your elbow bro but i think one of like one time i wrote an essay on the political the political aspects of south park remember the south park movie yeah, yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. Bigger. with the, uh, Saddam Hussein, Saddam and Hussein, devil. Yeah. I had to write about a fucking three hundred word essay on this. That's nothing. You mean three thousand? Three thousand. I said yeah, three hundred is a paragraph. That's like a paragraph. <laughs> you didn't even. That's the intro. I'm like, yeah, it's Fox, bro. bro. Three hundred words, bro. I don't this even know. This is ESL. Were you in ESL <laughs> in university, bro? No. The bro. South Park movie is very controversial. <laughs> devil is shown. It's so fucked. But that's why they teach you, man. It's really just an understanding of, like, why these films are being made, why they're important now, why they were important. Like, the 70s, I watched a bunch of films from the 70s, and that's really, like, I think that really drew my interest. I just it. watched Raging Bull, the uh, like, a month ago, because yeah, I bro. kept hearing it, like, oh, it's, yes. it's no Raging Bull. It's, it's Raging Bull. It's Raging close, Bull. it's not. I know. What do you think of it? I thought, see, it was... I'm so used to movies now where it's like the good guy is gonna it's gonna end well for the protagonist. Yeah. That's ninety percent of movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's gonna end well for like Avengers. Oh fuck, there's a problem. Someone just died. Oh, they're all coming back to life or yeah. whatever. Like it's gonna end well, right? But that movie specifically and those older movies like Chinatown. I'm obsessed with Chinatown, man. It's a classic, bro. Bro, I fucking I I heard all about what's his name. Um. Jack Nicholson. No, not Jack Nicholson. Uh, the I keep think want to say Truman Capote. Who's the director of Chinatown? Chinatown. The director. The of rapist. Chinatown? The uh, Roman Polanski. Yeah, Roman, Roman Polanski. So I heard so much bad shit about him. How he had to flee to France or yeah. whatever. I'm like, man, fuck that guy. And then I watched that movie. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know that movie is like, yeah. bro. That movie, the score, the music they used for it, the ending, right. just like the ending to I Raging really Bull. It's that. like a a real ending like it's it seems realistic and tragic yeah and like you're like holy fuck that's a movie like it did not end well in both these yeah. cases i feel like there's not a lot of movies nowadays where it doesn't it it they always kind of ends well parasite is under that's why it won everything I feel yeah like. it's a great example of like shaking it up where yeah. the protagonist isn't happy and like but all of A24's videos, pretty much. Well, that's why that's why they're one of the. I think this is like an ad for them. <laughs> but yeah, Uncle I, like Jones, I love got, them. He I got love, shot I in love. the head at the end. That's yeah. the most old school. Like, Ooh, that's you gotta believe that. Out, bro. No, why? Yeah. By the way, that's a uh, spoiler alert. It's <laughs> been what? Go. How many months? You should see it. No, I'm not bleeping it. shit. <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, that's on you. It's still a great movie, but he does get shot in the head at the end. Uh, spoiler alert. Meep. Well, but. Uh, well, speaking of that, though, like I understand what you're saying, and that's why it's, that's why they go for those movies, because the way they see it is like movies are supposed to be an experience that you enjoy there while you're watching it. For that two hours, it's an escape from reality. So a lot of things, a lot of their movies are like very escapist. So you're watching this place like Midsummer. You're going to fucking the mountains of Sweden. I've never been, but I can describe it now based on what I've seen. Right. If you watch Avengers, it's like, oh, I don't even know where the city is. I have no idea. I just know these guys live somewhere. That you, it's hard to pinpoint reality when you watch those movies, you know. And well, that's why A24 wouldn't buy them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So like Chinatown, for example, they ground you in this reality. You're in this world where this guy's going insane, trying to find the water. The whole it's the whole water thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, you're, so you're invested in. Oh, I want to see his next move. I want to know what where. You know, like you're following it, Raging Bull, same thing. Like you're grounded in their reality. But the movies now, if it has an, that's the way I see it. If it have a, if it has a, ha a happy ending, then I just need to know the premise, and then I'm like, okay, like okay, that's and you fill in the blanks, kind of fill in the blanks. Like it's easy to fill in the blanks of the movies they're making now. Yeah, man, that's yeah. how I, bro. I just what uh, the other day went and watched. Um, bad Boys, the new Bad Boys. Classic. Right, we walked that's out. Black excellence. That's hundred percent. No, we walked out 15 minutes before the end. And I actually talked to people. I'm like, oh, I liked oh, it. Shit. I liked it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know what I was expecting. It was you just know, more you know on one and expect, two. Yeah. 
but it was just cheesier right off the top they gave you that cliche scene where it's like the cliche dynamic where it's like i guess i don't know i don't know why i'm mad because this is kind of like this is what i paid for this is what everyone kind of knew what it was like the beginning scene is fucking will smith racing in a porsche and martin lawrence scared like slow down yeah you know like that dynamic dynamic right off the top and he's driving backwards and it's like oh my god what the this what are we watching here and i realized something i I don't know if it was that the theater was dead a movie seems a lot shittier when the theater is dead because when it's a packed theater that the emotion of the scene is kind of like it radiates and it like um what's the word i'm looking for it resonates so it's like oh there's a deep silence yeah, yeah, yeah. or there's like a this laugh or there's like a uh-huh. emotional and you just feel it more because yeah. you're surrounded by hundreds of people that are feeling that. Yeah. But this theater we went in the middle of the day yeah. had like 31 people and it was a full theater. Right. Yeah. And it just just there was Feels a couple laugh like, points that were so empty that just <laughs> took me out of the movie, man. Like that should have been a big laugh. Bro, I, I, I see that. though. It, it's interesting to say that because like. Most movies now, like for example, I guess like Uncle James, the perfect example. You saw it in the theaters, I'm guessing. Yes. Like Uncle James, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember the, when they show him in the head? Like yeah. that, you see, do you, I don't know if you felt the energy in the theater when that happened. Like when they show him. It was just like, everyone huh? just went, it was oh. confusion. I, remember I felt it that, like, bro. Huh? That's, what I, that's when I knew, oh shit, this is like a big movie. Because like when you watch, it was packed, no doubt. Because when like one of the first few days it came out, but the energy, like you just said, the energy of everyone involved in it, you see for a fact they're not there because they know the actors in it. No one's there because it's Adam Sandler's movie. Like, if you want to see an Adam Sandler movie, it's best if you watch it on Happy your phone. Happy Gilmore or some shit like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. you want to watch that 240p on YouTube. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. want the qu- the quality doesn't matter yeah, yeah. at all, right? But the idea they're there because the movie is so immersive and everyone's involved in it while watching it like bad boys for example if i'm going to watch it it's because it's fucking will smith and Martin yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to go see what the fuck the it's just a star draw or whatever that's you want to call it, it right bro. star power star power that's about it but it was such a buzzkill <laughs> it's like watching raging bull and then going watching bad boys for life or whatever it's called right it after like, like it's such cookie cutter movie yeah textbook like at the beginning, they established them driving backwards. They're still badasses. They're 40, and yeah. Martin Lawrence's neck is fat as fuck, but they still <laughs> got it like they had it in 2003, right? That's the first scene. Yeah. That's what it, and then it goes, Juero, Mexico, and it cuts to the scene to establish the problem and the, yeah. the antagonist, right? And some guys just... Some guy who doesn't look like a beast is like murdering like forty guys around him. And it's like they casted him weird. He doesn't really. Good audition, look. bro. <laughs> and you're just like, and then it goes back to this, and they're like, we're gonna live forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it goes back to Mexico of like the bad guy's mother being like, go to America, and shows a face of Will Smith, and it's like, oh my god, this, this is, is so bad. This uh, is so like textbook like. Establish the problem. Yeah. Like go through act one. Like I'm like, holy fuck. Like you see everything coming, like you said. Yeah. Everything. Which and is even the humor. Yeah. yeah. Even the humor. Like he goes in and kill kills everyone and you know the chief is about to be like, Well, I told fuck? you to play by the book. He's like, Well, they shot at me first. <laughs> like, oh, That's the whole classic movie. Classic <laughs> You killed forty eight people. <laughs> Bro, like Parasite, for example, that's why it's like we're just talking about it being like a good movie, and you can see why it's a good movie because um, it's it, it's broken down so well. They establish the problem, but it's so subtle you don't even notice like yeah. that is the problem, you know? Because it started the whole Wi-Fi thing. They're like, oh, okay, so we can't get Wi-Fi, which means we need to upgrade our lives, basically. If you put your tank close to the ceiling, you yeah, get, I didn't even think of it like that. You're like, Bro, but you're physically below the street. Physically, that's why they have all those windows showing the street level. They're watching the guy pee, the drunk, and yep. stuff. And then when they They're switch annoying. to the big house, yeah. when they look out through the window, they go upstairs. Serene. Oh, and they oh boy, the, they, they, the house they, for parasite. The house, yeah. I'm like man, imagine someone actually. That's a real house. That's someone real lives house, there. Bro. Yeah, bro. what a big ass window, okay, bro. No, I love it, but that it tells you. And then the whole switch is right in the middle. It's right simple. when yeah, yeah the doorbell it's a real switch it, it's not it's so subtle but you're investing in the story bro because they build it up to that the moment you hear that doorbell you're like what's gonna happen this might be the switch it's like two movies in one bro 
the switch is just that doorbell. She enters, the movie changes. And they're like, oh, this isn't a comedy anymore. This is a weird, is a weird Korean thing Some now. shit, I have no yeah, idea. This is know? straight up now, this is a Korean movie. Yeah. That's when it got into Korean movie mode. It's like an yeah. hour into it. Better be it's like up, weird... The stakes changed to the some changed weird to like some thing. weird shit. Like, what some, the, yeah, what the, the fuck? fuck is this? But it's good, man. We'll give it. Yeah. At the end, there's a guy in the basement. If you have seen. Oh fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we just start spoiling every movie ever made, bro? <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense out of context. Number yeah, one. Yeah, you gotta see it. You number one know. and number two. How many months? What Shawshank at the end? The the they get uh, out of prison. Fuck, what is that a spoiler? You know what I mean? Like, what, what do I like? How much time do we have to get? If it's yeah, been know, a month, you know what movie? Parasite has won everything. It's yeah. been out for a year. Yeah. Okay, there's no such thing as spoiler alert. You want know one movie you can't spoil? Friday, spoil Friday. Friday, like with Ice Cube, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube. Spoil it, bro. There's no. I don't even remember how it ends. Bro, you can't. It's just Friday you. is like Seinfeld <laughs> of a movie. You know, it's really about nothing. That tells you all you need to know about. Those kind of movies, which is good, like I love them, but they just—it's a different kind of movie. It's very, I'd much like, rather watch Friday than Bad Boy. This new Bad Boy, easily. At least that was a different movie. That's a different movie. It's the nineties, bro. They made good, good, solid movies, even if they had the same flaws. But you see why it, and also it's cheaply made too. How much did they pay the guy that was on the dad? His dad, the guy that just died from Boondocks. Oh, I forgot. John, John Witherspoon. I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah, Black the comic. He used to yeah. apparently used to be killing, like... Bro, they paid him about two grand for the whole movie. Oh, no way. Because they didn't... Because he sold a budget bucket, or whatever, yeah. yeah. So And he killed it, too. Killed it, bro. Don't nobody go in there for... <laughs> I forget his part. He's just always in a wife beater and shit like Trying that. Always eating something, bro. I love those characters. <sighs> but, bro, yeah. let's land this bitch, man. We've done about an hour. Bro, well, Black Excellence, Plug, man. Yeah, Black Excellence, Black Thought. You know what I, I mean? Really, just, yeah. I really, I feel like this is what. Okay, to to summarize this whole film conversation. Yeah, I really think like we're in a new era of like we should be trying to make. If 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 the medium is comedy for us or like film, to a pivot, you know, like if a, if I'm like I love film and I'm able to do both, so I really think we should try to do shit that like represents reality in a way that can. Even if it's for fun, even if we're making fun of like things that are happening, but I think like, for example, I I still don't. I really wanna I really wanna enjoy the ride of like doing it, and not be pressured by everything else. Because I think that changes the pressure of like success or like performance. Like, yeah, like you haven't set your bar yet, so to speak, on a grand no. level. No, you know, once you not. like Jordan Peele, once got, get out was That's widely it. acclaimed then the, his whole life changed yeah after get out was out and won everything and did all it did now him writing and everything changed completely yeah he now has to like, do a certain kind of up, thing you yeah. gotta up yeah, yeah. You, you're you're known for a certain thing yeah there's but, a certain bar you've set now yeah. you gotta like meet or exceed that bar yeah. right like uh, this new movie i didn't even watch it but uh, People be like, did you watch what is it? We or whatever the fuck it was called. His next oh, one. Oh yeah, us. Yeah. Us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Them. God, yeah. What's the pronoun? What is it? <laughs> what the fuck? Like uh, everyone's like, did you watch us? I'm like, nah, not yet. It's not as good as Get Out. Like yeah. that. That dynamic. That reality. That existence. Yep. And he had not, a bigger budget. You're not there yet. The, I'm not, and there's I'm a freedom in that. that. And there's a freedom in, in them being like, it's not as good as X and X. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is good. But like also you have, you end up ruining, like the guy that made Moonlight. That that won all the stuff. Cause that it was won just all like, the stuff. It signaled, it was like virtue signaling all the things. All the things that he yeah. needed. Do you know his next movie? It's a really good movie based on the book. It's a book called uh, If Bill Street Could Talk. It was written by... Um, it's not that's not enough of the book, but it's adapted from the book, so it's pretty much that's the book. They just made the book into a movie. And it's a really good movie, but based on the fact that he just did Moonlight, bro, I was watching it and I was like, Yeah, he tried. Like he with tried his new one? Yeah, his new it came out like two years ago. People, people don't even notice yeah. that he's done something after that, you know? <laughs> that's a shame. Bro, it's fucking wild, man. Also, look, I'm gonna plug this too. The guy in the movie is a Canadian dude from Toronto. And the guy who made Moonlight? No, the guy that's in uh, the Moonlight guy's new movie, If Bill Street Could Talk. He's from Canada. Shamir Moore. Shout out to that dude. He's like, uh, I know someone that knows him, so if they ever listen to this, straight up. Uh, yeah, man. But what else? 
I was gonna just say Uncle Tim's watch. Yeah, that? yeah. You made uh my boy here, Conrad, made a nice uh parody satire short film relative that that's based off of Uncut Gems called Uncut Tim's. Oh yeah, man. So related great. to Tim Hortons Canada fucking it's a Canadian story. I'm gonna plug it under the description. Yeah. Check that out for sure. That's an amazing work. Please that actually out, shows man. like the level that you're at. I like how you put A twenty four at the front. Bro, <laughs> if they wanna sue, I need I need the yeah. I need them to sue Come so for we can us, yeah. it, you know? Bro, that the cease and desist letter, if they sent you one, bro, you would frame that. I'm free easily. I'm waiting for A twenty four Cease and desist. That's that's that black thought right there. Bro. Yo, but on my end, um, yeah. Uh, March 25th, if you're in London, Ontario, my callback comedy show yeah, with Chris yeah. Robinson headlining. We've got Max Sheldrick featuring uh, and James Hamilton. It's going to be sick. I'm going to be hosting it, doing time off the top. It's going to be amazing. We've got a we got an amazing venue to run at. It's perfect for comedy. Yeah. Uh, check the description. I'll put the uh, the event break link in there. But yeah, London, Ontario, March 25th, 8 p.m. This show is going to be sick. Hopefully, uh, this one's going to go go off with a bang that first one was sold out back in november and it took me a minute to find another good venue but uh yeah i'm excited this is gonna be legit um and yeah and just as far as the podcast stuff if you're listening on apple podcast rate review at five stars you know spotify give it a follow and uh Hello, yeah bro as always man thanks so much for listening i appreciate all the listeners uh the comments and some dms have been fucking sick i appreciate it actually i feel like it's slowly becoming a thing, you know? Yeah. Which is sick. It's a good feeling. Man, like. I'm really happy, man. I did the... Can I ex- mention the fact that I did the second episode? The, what do you mean? Like, this, this is... No, yeah, I did the second my, one, and this is the 40-something yeah. Oh, one, yeah, so. yeah. Conrad, the, if you go back, and the episode number two was this guy. It was called the African Ice Hustler. <laughs> this guy used to sell ice in fucking Nigeria. Bro, had do you, you know of a higher pressure job than selling ice in Africa? <laughs> That's high pressure sales, man. Hey, man, we have a good business background. Proud of it. <laughs> Fuck yeah, but this is going to be episode 43 or so, probably. Yeah. We'll see when it comes out. But yeah. yeah, thanks for listening to the American section. Tell your friends about it. Come back next week. Peace. Peace, my man. Thank you. Easy. Bye. Bye.